Hi everyone, I'm Chris Mitchell. This is Quarter Circle Backboard here on KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU.FM. I'm already in a bad mood today. I was biking to school, as I am once, ever since I got my bike, and I was in front of, um, I don't even know the name of the street. It was some intersection, like next to, uh, it's on the street uh, Memorial Union's on, both unions are on. I was at that intersection by that, Middle Bush, all that, and uh, I'm trying to cross it, right, and I feel a tug on my shoulder. And my bike stops moving. So I'm like, um, okay, this is weird. Am I, did I run into somebody? Am I colliding with something here? Uh, what's the deal? So I turn around, my laptop cord found its way outside of my backpack and got caught in the gears of my rear wheel and then just kept going. And the wheels just kept on turning. So it got more and more stuck. And so I had to spend a good five minutes or so after I did the walk of shame carrying my bike out of the intersection. In the middle of the intersection, this happened. Not like on the sidewalk or something. Mid-turn I was in to try to get out of the way of traffic. I had to spend like a good five minutes trying to pry the um, pry the cord outside of just off the gears so I could, you know, ride my bike to class. And so I don't think it broke my bike. It rode like fine on my way here in like the two or three minutes that I used it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just so tired of my laptop in every stretch of the imagination like not even am I dealing with I don't know with like the hinge not like the hinge itself but like the thing that like protects like the inner workings of the hinge falling off of my laptop my laptop charging cord has gone rogue on me trying to assassinate me on my way to class so yeah I think it's time for an upgrade folks whether or not that actually happens in the near future is remains to be seen so that's something i gotta deal with um i was out most of the weekend i had some other things to attend to some valentine's some uh, belated valentine's slash one year anniversary things to attend to so i wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to sports really so that's gonna be fun this could be some interesting energy the energy in this episode is already low and kind of menacing and interesting. So whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, you know what I didn't talk about last week that I feel like was very important. Uh, Mark D'Antonio, uh, head coach of Michigan state now, former head coach of Michigan state, because that dude just took a step down from football operations the day before national signing day. The day before National Signing Day, I was like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm done with this. I want to spend some more time with my family, my friends, yada, 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 hang out with my kids or whatever, which, okay, sure, buddy. <laughs> that sounds rude, but 
come on, man. Um, I'm inclined to think that this is just another, you know, piece of the intricate, disturbing, messed up puzzle that is, you know, Michigan State and its athletic department. Top down, things just going all kinds of haywire because, I don't know, there's some genuine bona fide freaks on that staff. Or there were. They were just never tended to. And now they're sort of reaping what they've sowed, I suppose. And, yeah, Michigan State had no head coach on National Signing Day. Uh, and he just sort of left his assistants out in the wind there. Um, but there is good news. Michigan State did get a new head coach in the form of Mel Tucker, uh, former defensive coordinator for Georgia, former head coach for Colorado, and now head coach of Michigan State. It's a good fit, I think. But, again, this is how many coaches that have sort of shuffled themselves around after signing day? After, you know, they've broken bread with the recruits, they've, you know, given them the seal. Either them or somebody on their staff has given them, you know, the sort of seal of approval for stability, their players and all that. And then they've just sort of dispersed outside of that December, like late, no, like that late November slash December window where it would be most opt. It, uh, let's just like, where it would, how about this? It would be probably the most optimal for a coach to get fired or leave or find a new job somewhere. Uh, we've just thrown all that caution into the wind with this past, I don't know, head coaching cycle. It's just, uh, I don't know, man. And it's kind of funny, very funny, actually, and kind of dumb and kind of stupid at the same time. Mel Tucker went on the record. He he got the mic real close and was like, "Hey kids, you know what? There's no transfer portal in real life." It's it's weird because every single coach, every single person who's like hates the transfer portal, just absolutely despises it, would absolutely leave their job at the drop of a hat at a moment's notice, as soon as the money, you know treats them right or whatever or they just don't like someone it's like <laughs> i mean i get it they get like you know paid big money for that but college kids don't they don't they don't get the kind of money coaches do and yet they are still you know treated with the same level they are treated with a higher level of scrutiny than coaches for wanting to actually play football somewhere instead of, you know, be a redshirt warrior or a clipboard Jesus or just ride the bench forever. You know, not being a team player. Not taking one for the boys, your family. While the uh, head coach sense of family is, you know, <laughs> it's mainly just, I guess, with their own, their own actual family. So, hey man, college football is a business. It's a very lucrative business if you know how to do it. So my advice, 
just follow where the money is. Just follow where, I don't know, you can play football. Throw, you know, all that yuts about, I don't know, <laughs> being tied to a team or a coach because, I don't know, family or something. And just, I don't know, get money, get buckets, get whatever. Say, hey, man, life is short. You're only at college for like four years usually, maybe five. So, hey, man, if you think you can play somewhere, go play somewhere. If you think you can ball out somewhere, ball out somewhere. Don't let any of these boomers tell you about the transfer portal. Use it to your advantage. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another uh, head coaching thing off the top. Oh, yeah, this kind of screws Colorado, too, if I didn't make that already clear. Um, they were in pretty okay shape last season. Um, record wasn't stellar, but they pulled off one of the best, probably the best flea flicker play in college football history. So they had that going for them. Mel Tucker was out here wearing those shorts. That's always fun. But, yeah, now they don't have a head coach. So who's next? Uh, who they got? Uh, word on the street is they've been trying to heavily court or get in touch with um, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy to sort of get that head coaching gig. Now, there are two ways you can look at this. First thing, the first thing is um, you could be like, oh, hey, Bieniemy could get a head coaching gig somewhere, which is something that he's uh, overdue for, I suppose. Hey, man, if you're the offensive coordinator on a Super Bowl winning team and you're not just, you know, standing there, standing around to look pretty, you're out there, you know, drawing up plays, you know, maybe calling a few of your own as well. I think uh, Andy Reid said in a press conference over the course of the playoffs that the enemy was calling some plays, I think, during the Texans game. So that was like, you know, an instrument of his design, that goofy, weird game. And so now you have an opportunity to be your own man, be your own coach, and try to take Colorado into the stars and things like that. On the other hand, you can be Eric Bieniemy. You can be one of his friends, one of his family. You can be, I don't know, a pundit in the sort of sports sphere, you can ask yourself, is this the best that I can do? Is this the best that Eric Bieniemy can do? Because I don't think it is. It shouldn't be the best that he can do. I can think of plenty of teams who could use, I don't know, Eric Bieniemy being a dominant play caller or be the bona fide play caller slash head coach of your football team. I know most of these, I don't know, other coaches, or most of the team, most of the teams have um, gotten head coaches already. But still, you could swap out any number of them. You could swap out Browns, Giants, Jaguars. Really, um, probably not Colts, but Bears even to <laughs> just get this revolving door of. Uh, Chiefs offensive coordinators that as a head coach is in there. Theoretically, Eric Bieniemy could probably get into any of those jobs and probably do as well 
if not maybe a little bit better than what is projected of all these different guys. Joe Judge, I forget the rest of their names, but whatever. So that's the dilemma, I think. Personally, as a guy who is, you know, a fan of Eric Bieniemy for obvious reasons, I think he has potential or really good upside potential to be an actual NFL head coach somewhere. And if he wants to sort of bide his time, find an opportunity to, you know, pounce on a job somewhere where there might be a good opening, more power to him. I would encourage that because I like Eric Bieniemy on, on the Chiefs. I like him just fine there. Thank you very much. And if he decides that, you know what, any any head coaching gig is a good head coaching gig, wants to get in with his, I believe it's his alma mater, if I'm not mistaken, or at least someone who's been in the sort of Colorado coaching tree gig at some point. I forget which, but either way, if he decides he wants to go up to the mountains and sort of, I don't know, try to make Colorado into a bona fide Pac-12 contender, that's okay too. I just don't want the enemy to sort of sell himself short. I don't want him to sort of, you know, um, get in somewhere where his talents, his sort of play calling mind would be underutilized, sort of underappreciated, all that jazz. Because it would be a darn shame if that um, ended up happening. Huh, okay. Um, I think I'm going to take a quick break. I think I'm going to do three breaks because there's a lot of stuff to talk about, really. I have some XFL stuff to talk about. Uh, the All-Star game was yesterday. All-Star weekend was this past weekend. So I've done my homework. I've boned up on all the stuff that happened. So I'm going to talk a bit, a little bit about that. And we're going to get a surprise appearance from a sport we don't usually talk about here on a... Uh, I'm gonna salute your sports. Uh, that's not the show, although that show is coming up in uh, about two hours from now, two and a half or something. Anyways, on Core Circle Backboard, we're gonna talk about a sport we usually don't talk about. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. of all the news and scores around the NFL and college football? What is he? What is not? Do you want to hear a deep analysis on the NBA and college basketball? Will I ever find love in this hopelessly romantic world? All those questions, besides that last one, will be answered on our new show, The Penalty Box, here on KCOU 88.1. Tune in on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. where I, Peter Camp, and my co-host, Jack Knowlton, break down sports from around the country. We can't wait to see you there. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. 
Want to do true-false on a budget? Consider purchasing a stay-up-late pass for an inexpensive tour of the weekend's offerings. Benefits include access to all concerts and musical showcases, admission to films starting after 9 p.m., and entry to the infamous Action Party. For information on pricing and fest passes, again, please visit truefalse.org. Truefalse 2020, March 5th through the 8th. KCLU 88.1 FM, KCLU.FM. I'm Chris Mitchell. I've already had a long and tiring day, so Never. we're going to soldier through this. We're going to be champs. And another way you can be a champ is to go to Max Fix. Max Fix is a proud supporter of KCLU 88.1 FM and is located behind the U.S. Bank and the Mizzou Student Center, handles cracked screens and other electronic repairs. Thank you, Max Fix, for supporting KCLU Columbia, 88.1 FM. Thank you, Max Fix. Really appreciate all you do for a bunch of broke college students who have trouble keeping their uh, electronics intact. Anyways, it's time, folks. We got to break it out because pitchers and catchers meetings sort of started this past week. So you know what that means, everybody. Get this queued up. It's time to talk about some baseball. Oh, buddy. I'm so prepared for this. I'm so ready. Um, So where do we start? I guess we could talk about the Astros because they've just been a whole entire media circus the past couple weeks. Um... Stories have been changed sometimes during the uh, press conference in which these stories were told. Carlos Correa, I believe, talked about a tattoo, a poorly done tattoo, as the source of him sort of patting his chest during that one uh, game. Trying to get, you know, his teammates to not mess with it or rip his jersey. Because it definitely wasn't a wire. It was a tattoo, guys. So, here we are now. Um, nobody's really happy 
with anything regarding the Houston Astros. Um, they aren't happy with Rob Manfred, the commissioner of uh, Major League Baseball. They aren't happy with the Astros, of course, because, hey, man, they cheated that one time. And so what do we do then as baseball fans who demand satisfaction, who demand retribution, who demand justice, genuine, pure, 100% baseball justice? Um, I honestly don't know, really, if we're keeping it a buck 50. Because on the one hand, you can sort of, uh, you can take away their uh, commissioner's trophy if you want. That's definitely a thing you could do. Would it be super helpful? I'm not sure. Um, because let's be real for just a second here. Um, it's one of those things where just like with vacating any title, it's not like you can make people forget that they actually won the title because the people will remember they won that title. Uh, it happened with like the Louisville basketball team who got their national title vacated for winning the tournament. Um, that's just off the top of my head. But yeah, it's kind of asking for them to sort of like vacate the titles kind of goofy because, you know, people already know like what the jig was like with the Astros. They already know it's just sort of like they look at that trophy from that year and they're just like, wait a minute, buddy. Something ain't adding up here. This is pretty fishy the way you got this one. So I feel like that's all you really need just to have that shadow of doubt clouding that World Series trophy. Really? Outside of that, um, I mean, most of the Astros players from that team are still around, so. Are they likely to stay there? Uh, I think so. Because I'm not really sure who else would take him at this point. I mean, at some point, someone's going to be like, hey, man, George Springer, or Jose Altuve. Carlos Correa or free agents or whatever and we need some bats we need some you know defense we need whatever those guys can you know bring that so imagine they might play somewhere else at some point but probably not in the near future so that's a thing that um, Astros fans Astros players are gonna have to worry about just having that sort of stigma of being those guys on that one team that had the trash can and the buzzer thing happen. Anyways, um, outside of that, I think we could have somebody talk about that uh, Mookie Betts trade. Of course, Mookie Betts being the star, uh, probably like the star player on the Boston Red Sox. Probably the best player they've had in decades, probably. Probably the best player they've had in a very long time. And they just traded him and David Price over to um, the Los Angeles Dodgers for a fair helping of prospects. Just to get that out there. Like, they got that. And they got a little bit of cap space. So, for whatever that means in Major League Baseball, I guess. Um, really, my only take, really... As far as that is, I mean, I guess if you're not 100% willing to sort of spend big money on bets, you might as well see what you can get for them, sort of like replenish your farm system or whatever, you know, get some cap space to sign other guys. But 
<laughs> at the end of the day, you got, you know, you got a windfall in your pocket. And with that windfall, you can be like, hey, man, we might be able to sign a superstar. I wonder who we could sign in the free agency. Hey, look, it's Mookie Betts over there. If he doesn't sign an extension with the Dodgers. So what have we gained, really, outside of some, you know, prospects and some, I guess, quote, unquote, cap space? I don't know. This requires a stronger baseball mind than my own. So I don't know. Oops, excuse me. Maybe one of these days we'll have a bona fide, whatchamacallit, baseball expert on the show. We could talk about baseball. That'll be fun. For somebody out there, probably, maybe, hopefully, I don't know. Let's talk about the XFL because finally, it's week. It's been week two. We've sort of seen how these teams operate: the Wildcats, Guardians, Vipers, Roughnecks, Renegades, Battlehawks, Defenders, all them. We kind of know what the deal is with them at the moment, so. Um, let's just talk about the DC defenders real quick, because I feel like, um, this is just one of those things where I should say this like off the top. I love Cardell Jones a lot. Like I didn't really talk about this much last week because I was just sort of like frazzled because of my TV antenna, but <laughs> it's so hard to sack him. It's so hard to sack this dude. It's really funny. It's kind of amazing that he's just a big old chunky human. Cardell Jones is. And so far, uh, the early returns on him as a player have been pretty, you know, been pretty solid. So here we are. Uh, Cardell Jones currently leads the XFL in passing with 511 total yards. Uh, behind him is Jordan Tamu, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback with 493. After that, you got P.J. Walker of the Houston Roughnecks with 442. Brandon Silvers with the Seattle Dragons with uh, 308 total yards. And then Landry Jones, uh, Dallas Renegades quarterback with 305 passing yards. Um... I think this was uh, Landry Jones's first game. I'm fairly certain this was his first game back. And he threw for 305 passing yards. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, Renegades are one-on-one right now. They just beat the LA Wildcats. Something to whatever. Whatever points don't matter. Score doesn't matter. Um, let's just talk about the XFL product as a whole. Um, I feel like at the outset, as players are starting to get back into the sort of swing of things with regards to, um, playing the game of football, I think we're already off to a better sort of start than we were with the, a with the AAF, not in, not just in terms of like ratings and all that junk. Whatever. I don't care about that. But just like the level of football being played right now, it's not NFL quality. 
It's not even like mid to lower tier NFL quality, I would go out and say. But despite that, um, somehow, some way, there's still a sort of, I don't know, still out here doing it at a pretty high level. Anyways, uh, let's pull up the Landry Jones stats for this game. Um, Landry Jones, uh, 40 pass attempts, 28 completions, 305 yards. Uh, longest was a 39 yard bomb, one touchdown, two picks. Um, yeah, man, really where, um, the Renegades sort of got their bread and butter was not in the, um, passing game really, but in the run run game, believe it or not. Uh, you heard it here first folks, a Hal mummy, uh, led offense sort of paved the way for a, <laughs> a run established victory for the Dallas Renegades. That's kind of crazy. Uh, cam artist pain of Auburn fame. Uh, led the team in rushing with uh, 99 yards on 14 attempts, two touchdowns. Longest run was uh, 21 yards. And yeah, the DC defenders just dunked all over the New York Guardians. I mean, <sighs> here's the thing. When your best quarterback is <laughs> Matt McGloin, I mean, there's already problems happening, but yeah, man. Cardell Jones had himself a pretty solid game. Two touchdowns, one pick, 276 yards. Completed 62% of his passes. Um, really, what I want to get into right now is... Where is he at? Jordan Tamu. Because, wow. Um, he's really gotten off to a pretty darn solid start. Granted, he did throw a game-sealing interception late in the fourth quarter on route to an attempted comeback as they were down by four points. But sort of despite this, uh, Tamu might be a top three quarterback in the XFL. It wouldn't surprise me if he finished behind like Cardell Jones or maybe even like, maybe like PJ Walker. But yeah, early returns on Tamu, pretty solid. And I feel like this is where the XFL can really find some real quality entertainment. You can, um, if you're, I don't know, a quarterback fresh off college, you know, played part played fairly well, but sort of not well enough to, I don't know, get the attention of NFL scouts and go undrafted or you do get drafted because you're pretty darn good, but you just, you know, hang around practice squads and all that. And then you just eventually get cut because, Hey man, sometimes the quarterback room is rock solid. They don't really need you around. You could come to the XFL potentially and just sort of light stuff up. Jordan Tamu, of course, one of those guys who just like floated around practice squads for a little bit and then just ended up here. And now he's cooking with the battle Hawks. So there's a lot, there is a, um, opportunity here for a lot of young talented barely out of college players to sort of 
make their mark on some sort of professional league and grind enough tape to sort of make their way into the NFL or back into the NFL. I don't know how I feel about old people trying to get back into the NFL, really. Uh, I guess the jury's still out on that. I guess we'll see how that sort of shakes out eventually. I don't know. Um, so Houston Roughnecks, St. Louis Battlehawks, really entertaining. I watched like the last few minutes of that game. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of other potential, really, potentially really interesting XFL games. I mean, I guess there's always, um, excuse me. I guess there's always, uh, Roughnecks defenders. Renegades Defenders, all like that. Uh, let's see. Ooh, uh, Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks. That's a game that's on March 1st. That's uh, week four, so just a couple weeks. That should be exciting. Uh, barring something tragic happening to either of these teams or this league. Um, Battlehawks Defenders, uh, week five. That should be a pretty fun game to watch uh, if all these teams keep improving and keep looking good. Uh, after that, uh, you got DC Defenders, Dallas Renegades. Again, another really fun matchup, I think. Um, and then you got the DC Defender. This is a really strong run <laughs> of games, actually. Or at least just one game that could be potentially interesting. One, two, three, four. Um, so I guess that's something you can say about, I don't know, this sort of format where it's just like 10 weeks. Everyone gets a chance to play each other and you just have this chain of, you know, weeks where there's at least one potentially pretty solid game going on. And so that should be something you could, um, you could be looking forward to if you're still into the XFL in week five or six, which if you are, um, good for you, man. I might. I don't know, catch some highlights afterwards, but yeah, I can't imagine staying too interested in the XFL for a whole lot longer. Again, barring something super interesting happening. Um, like I said, I haven't really been playing a whole lot of video games this past week, really. This has been kind of a low-octane type deal. It was fun, though. Had some pretty good fajitas. At a spot in Kirksville that just opened not too long ago. So that was fun. Man, my hand just looks like I just punched Lightning McQueen in the face. Just covered in grease. I've tried washing this hand like three times. Both hands, rather. Multiple times and still, it's still just got like the gunk on it. From trying to get the my uh, laptop charger out of my bike gear, so... <sighs> That's the thing I'm working on at the moment. Good times are had by all. Um, I think I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about basketball because All-Star Weekend was this past weekend, and I think they finally made the All-Star game interesting after so long. So that's something you can sort of talk about. So, um... Yeah, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about, <laughs> uh, I'm all ears.
So, yeah, this is, of course, Circle Backboard here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm really hungry. starving college students have one mission to break down the entire world of sports in just one hour hey i'm teddy mallorca and i'm burke bryan come listen to us mondays from 8 to 9 a.m on kcou 88.1 fm to hear milking the clock the shocking statistics are that one in five people in boone county lives in poverty even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org slash donate. The city and chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague their people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman, my forecast. Head down to Dig It Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Names T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. Mitchell, this is a quarter circle backboard a solo show dedicated to the sports that you like, video games that I like. I guess when I ever get the chance to play video games. Oh, wait a minute. I totally forgot. Uh, there's some PlayStation 5 details out there. I guess they're all just like hearsay and rumors at the moment. But word on the street is um, it's projected to cost a lot. Where was I going with this? Big shock. Um, the next uh, big PlayStation console is going to cost a lot of money. I don't know if you knew this, but aside of that, I think they're going to try to revamp PlayStation VR. Um, I think there's going to be some backwards compatible stuff and that you should be able to play games 
updating from the PlayStation 1 upwards on your PlayStation 5. So that should be fun if you're into that. Um, yeah, anyways. Let's talk about sports social media real quick before we get into the meat and taters of basketball discussion. Stay up to date with the latest sports news on and off campus by following at KCOU Sports on Twitter and Instagram. KCOU Sports social media provides schedules for upcoming broadcasts, sports Saturday information, links to the latest columns from our talented staff, and so much more. Once again, that's at KCOU Sports on Twitter and Instagram for the latest happenings on the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Uh, I don't have anything to do with KCOU Sports social media. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Anyways, um, let's talk about the All-Star weekend. Um, I guess I can say for certain that, I don't know, the musical acts they had were absolutely trash from top to bottom. They couldn't get... <laughs> uh, Chance the Rapper, whatever. I do like how um he had to play some old hits from his old albums because he didn't really have... <laughs> Because <laughs> the big day or whatever just had zero hits, zero bangers at all to speak of. So we had to pull out some of the, pull some vintage chants. So that's the thing if you're into Chance the Rapper, which, <sighs> whatever. <laughs> um, Chaka Khan, as much as I love Chaka Khan, um, that, uh <laughs> I think we're at two years in a row now where the national anthem singing is just not it by any stretch of the imagination. Common was also there uh, rapping about real hip-hop, basketball players, rhyming words that vaguely sound like last names of players, things like that. It was fun. It was a good time for uh, anybody who likes stuff besides basketball. If you're a fan of things that... Uh, stadiums or teams do that aren't related to basketball. All-Star Weekend, A-plus for you. Uh, no sort of complaints here. Um, let's see, outside of that, I guess we we can uh, talk about the dunk contest because um, that's always a hot and contentious thing. Shout-out to Aaron Gordon for, Gordon for being screwed for the second year, not in a row, but twice. Twice this man has been slighted by the dunk contest committee. This man dunked over Taco Fall. Seven foot five Taco Fall is. And Aaron Gordon's nuts just barely grazed the top of Taco Fall's noggin on that dunk. And you're not going to give him a perfect 50, which no shade to Derek Jones because Derek Jones Jr., A-plus dunker, my man can get the ball into the hoop with a sort of vengeance, righteous fury that has not been seen in a long time. Shout out to him. But yeah, dunk of the night probably goes to Aaron Gordon. My man just front to back, back to front. Probably one of the best dunk contest dunkers we've had as a fandom in a long while. But oh well. Probably won't see him in the dunk contest again because I think he was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> if they're not going to, you know, give me my trophy, then I'm just going to leave, which, you know what, fair. You know what, that's fine, Aaron Gordon. 
I'm going to be sad that you're no longer dunking in dunk contests, but it's something we got to do. Got to take one for the team to let these cowards know that uh, you, will, you will not be denied. And if you will be denied, we will also be denied. And that's just not fun for anybody. Um, so the All-Star game, uh, it was definitely more interesting than it was last year. I feel like we're reaching what the all-star game should be, which is closer to street rules. If that makes any sense, you know, first to whatever, get there, you win. Of course, the central conceit with the all-star game this year was that whatever, whoever was in the lead coming into the fourth quarter, 24 points salute with the salute uh, black mamba there would be added on to the final score and whoever reaches that that score that that final sum of whatever uh the team in front scored plus 24 whoever could reach that first will come out on top of the w um so yeah that was really fun there was defense being played in crunch time everyone put the clamps on everybody Finally, Rudy Gobert was like, yes, I can do this. <laughs> My skill set is finally relevant for the All-Star game. But, yeah. It definitely had an edge of competitiveness that I have not seen in any All-Star game. Of course, it kind of ended on a wet fart with the difference being a free throw winning the game and that's it i really feel like there should be an opportunity for i don't know the other team to sort of run it back and win it on an actual bucket as opposed to a free throw because come on man that's just more interesting as a format if we're already going gonzo we might as well go the full nine yards and all that call your own fouls <laughs> just do all that and yeah that should be that would be a really super fun way to expand the all-star game and man if you're adam silver and you are just talking all kinds of cash money trash and whatever commissioner's group chat you're in talk about take a look at that fourth quarter take a look what people are saying there you go you gotta feel you gotta feel pretty good if you're adam silver right now for all the who's and what's coming into the all-star game, the very start of the all-star game being so sort of bloated and weird and kind of dumb with questionable uh, musical acts, things like that. DJ Khaled not being able to say dunk contest. This is a pretty good all-star weekend, all things considered. Uh, oh yeah, I'd be remiss if I did not mention my son, my strongest boy. Uh, R.J. Barrett scoring 27 points in uh, the Rising Stars Challenge, which is just essentially a baby version of previous year's All-Star Games. But, hey, man, he looked good. He uh, he would not be denied the spotlight from his homie Zion or John Morant. But Miles Bridges also would not be denied because my man turned it on to fourth quarter mode playing 2K and then just took off. And ended up being the Rising Stars MVP. So shout out to Team America. Team World. Better luck next time. Huh, so here we are. 
at the start of the final leg of the NBA season. Who do I like? Who do I not like? Um, you know, I was kind of prepared to talk about how the um, 76ers might have a Joel Embiid problem, but after a game against, what team was it? The Clippers, I think. I think that sort of resolved itself for the time being. Embiid, of course, you know, stirring the pot, being a little bit of a heel, uh, sort of stoking the, hmm, I might not be here next year, or hmm, I might want out. Stoking those fires uh, the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, that sort of, you know, flipped itself on his head with a win against probably one of the best teams in the West, definitely a top two team in the West in the LA Clippers. Uh, yeah. So far, the Sixers eh, should probably be in good shape. I mean, I think they're still going to have some problems that are going to lead to Joel Embiid or somebody talking that talk on social media about how things aren't going the way they want. So who knows? Um, I could definitely see a lot of teams trying to pick up on Embiid as a sort of backup plan for uh, failing to scoop up Giannis. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, outside of that, I think the Lakers uh, are probably going to need some more juice from their three-point shooters. Danny Green kind of having a down-ish year. Um, Kyle Kuzma, at this point, you should probably know he's a volume shooter, so he's not going to be a super solid 3 and D guy. Um, Avery Bradley, do anything challenge, please. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting LeBron and Anthony Davis into the playoffs together, healthy. If that can happen... Maybe there's another gear to this Lakers team that we haven't seen yet. Maybe there's still that level of playoff LeBron that got some time off this uh, past off season, this past uh, playoff season. So I don't know. Maybe they got, maybe the Lakers got some more tricks up their sleeve. I guess we'll see. Um, Clippers also. <sighs> there's going to be a lot of Marcus Morris, uh, ISOs in your future potentially with a game on the line so make peace with that Clippers fans just make peace with that right now before you start complaining about it when it happens down the stretch and also thank you for the first round draft taking Maurice Harkless <laughs> much appreciated as a Knicks fan he was kind of hoping a you know getting a actual playable NBA player in a first round draft pick as a haul for Marcus Morris. Salute to you. Um, let's see. Outside of that, uh, the Heat might be pretty good coming into this last half of the season. Is it even a half of a season? I guess so. Then on top of that, uh, Grizzlies might try to make a sort of final playoff push to maybe squeeze into the eighth seed because they're going to... Uh, I imagine they're just probably going to Try to get in there with some young, fiery heat on that roster and sort of assert themselves as like, you know, the new the young dogs. 
of the uh, of the West to try to challenge the uh, authority of the Clippers, Lakers, maybe Golden State. Yeah, I don't know if you can fix the Timberwolves right now, even with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Should be entertaining to watch. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, I think the Timberwolves need something more than what they use to fix their problems. And I think the Bucks are just going to continue to be silently assassinating everybody in the East because I can't think of a team that's better than them right now at, at all. Giannis is just too strong. The rest of the team is just too solid. Make peace with your gods, Celtics and Sixers fans. That's really all I got. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Quarter Circle Backboard this week. Um, I'll be on I'll be on Sleater Sports later at 2 o'clock with Zach Berman and Drew Cusimano. We got some stuff to talk about. We got some upsets to talk about. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Should be fun. Should be a good time. Triple Threat is up next. And, of course, throughout the rest of the day, we got plenty of good, good KCU content for your ear holes.